John Tankersley switched on the wipers to clear the drizzle from the windscreen of his black 4x4. It had been raining heavily for the last three days. The sky was a dark shade of gunmetal gray, which indicated that it wasn't going to stop raining any time soon. Suddenly, forked lightning illuminated the ominous clouds, and Tank wondered at the sight of a million volts of electricity snaking its way across the sky to find the earth. Tank counted in his mind one second, two seconds, three seconds, four seconds. Then the clap of thunder roared above him, and the drizzle became torrential rain. He'd counted the seconds after a lightning strike since he was a small boy. His father had been a chief petty officer in Her Majesty's Royal Navy during the Second World War, and he spent hours explaining to Tank the maritime myths about the weather. Red sky at night, shepherd's delight, red sky in the morning, sailor's warning, and so on. Every second you counted following a lightning strike represented one nautical mile that the thunder had traveled from its epicenter. By counting the seconds, you could tell if the storm was coming towards you or not. The shrill polyphonic ringtone of his car phone interrupted his thoughts. Hello, John. I'm terribly sorry to disturb you today of all days. Are you on your own? said Major Stanley Timms. The Major was Tank's commanding officer and head of the terrorist task force. John Tankersley was the task force lead agent. He stood over six feet tall and weighed around 17 stone. Most of his considerable size was packed around his upper body. His physique was unusually muscular, and his colleagues nicknamed him Tank. His shaved head and desperate Dan jawline made him a fearsome-looking man. Only Major Timms called him by his Christian name, and when he did, it usually meant there was trouble coming. Hello, Major. What's the problem? answered Tank. He slipped his fingers inside his shirt collar to try to loosen its grip on his 18-inch neck. He hated wearing collars and ties, but he was heading to a funeral so there was no choice in the matter. We've had a communication from our man in Israel. He's received information that assassination attempt is imminent. The major was purposely vague because they were talking on civilian telephone networks. Any number of undesirables could monitor their calls. He would never discuss official business under normal circumstances, but this was urgent. Is something planned here in the UK? Tank asked. We're not sure about that yet. The information has come direct from Jerusalem. All we have so far is that key tier one personnel from a leading Palestinian terrorist organization have slipped off the radar. These particular individuals have a penchant for assassination. The major couldn't be any more specific. The finer details would have to be ironed out later on where enemy agencies couldn't listen in on the conversation. Tank wanted to know why the Israelis suspected the terrorists in question had headed for the British Isles. He knew that the Major would have all the details, but the line wasn't encrypted. The funeral would have to wait five minutes while he stopped the vehicle to change channels. Give me two seconds, Major, Tank said. He indicated that he was turning left off the dual carriageway. The spray from passing vehicles was making visibility poor, but he could see an exit and needed to park up. 
He'd lost his bearings in the pouring rain, and talking to the major wasn't helping. So he looked down the carriageway for a landmark. There was a brown sign above the exit, with a white elephant embossed in the center of it. Tank smiled at himself as he realized he was driving into Nosley Safari Park. His parents had brought him there many times as a child, and if his memory served him correctly, the weather had been similar to this on every occasion. He remembered that the animals always looked cold and wet and completely fed up, longing to be back on the sunny plains of Africa, or wherever they were originally from. Another bolt of lightning streaked across the dark sky. Tank counted in his mind again. One second, two seconds, three seconds. The thunder rumbled above. The storm is moving closer, he thought. Tank pulled the car to a halt in a lay-by, just before the park entrance. He removed his cell phone from his cradle and then opened the glove box. Inside was a cable, which he plugged into the bottom of his phone. He then switched his stereo onto a preset frequency. The car was equipped with encryption equipment, but it could only be used if the vehicle was stationary. We are secure, Major. What do you know? asked Tank. 